Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Hokity pokity. Hokity pokity? Hokity pokity. Hokity pokity. Hocus pocus chapter 11. All right. They've opened the book and the cat was not happy. Huh, Peyton? The cat was not happy and he came and he shut the book and he was like, don't open this thing. Right? Yep. Chapter 11. Max peered into one of the other rooms accessible from the upstairs landing. Mom, he called out. Dad? He turned back to Allison and shrugged. They're still not home, he said. That's weird. They must be having a great time. I don't know, Allison said, leading the way downstairs. Something isn't right. I feel, I'd feel a lot safer walking home if we had some salt. Max led her to her into the narrow kitchen. The only window was set over a steel sink, and the cherry-patterned curtain were curtains were drawn back to let in a little moonlight the space was clean but not but not unpacked the boxes were stacked and opened against the wall oh, and yeah, this is, what but i remember this part yeah i think it's cuz they they just moved so they still haven't totally unpacked max suspected that they would would be they would be for a while my mom's not much of a cook, he said apologetically, swinging open a set of white painted cabinet doors and climbing into one of the tiled counters to inspect the highest shelves. Sounds like my kind of lady, Allison joked. When I'm an adult, the only thing I want to make is chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> Milk or dark, Marcus asked. Dark, Allison said, as if the answer were obvious. Okay, no way. They're cookies. You gotta go, you gotta go milk. Max <laughs> Max found a spare canister of salt behind a bunch of sugar packets and spices that the previous owners had forgotten. He made a triumphant sound as, and tossed the paper cylinder into Al- over to Allison. Then he dropped down to sit on the same counter <clears throat> she was leaning against. Allison turned the counter over turned t- Allison turned the counter over on her hands, turned the container like counter over in her hands and then paused a, and smirked. What's it say? Max asked, leaning in. He noticed that Allison smelled like green apples and cinnamon. Allison glanced at him, then back to the canister. It says, form a circle of salt to protect against zombies, witches, and odd boyfriends. Oh, old boyfriends. Yeah, Max said. And what about new boyfriends? As she studied his face, Allison's lashes fluttered against the top of her cheeks. Max noticed that the quirk of her smile around the corners of her mouth, so he leaned in forward. He skimmed he skimmed the dip of her lip right before her nose, and he felt his pulse kick up to the dangerous RPM. A crash thundered downstairs, and both Allison and Max pulled away and looked at the ceiling. Oh, down the stairs, sorry. Danny, Max breathed. He jumped down from the counter just as Allison pushed off, pushed off toward the stairs. On his way up, he checked his jeans for the reassuring weight of his dad's pocket knife. Danny, Max called as they rounded up the stairs, landing, and barreled back into the bedroom. Danny had pulled the covers over her head, her hair just poking out at the top. Max exhaled with relief and tossed his coat on the floor. Max, Allison said, the book is gone. Allison, he walked towards the narrow staircase that led to the loft. 
Sure enough, the book had disappeared. Allison snatched his wrist. I'm telling you, said something's weird. Max hurried over to his sleeping sister and yanked the covers back. Danny, wake up! But it was not Danny in her in his bed. Sarah Sanderson sat bolt straight up beaming. Trick or treat! Allison shrieked and leapt away. Max back towards the closet, but its plantation doors accordioned open. Mary and Winifred Sanders strode out, both grinning. Mary, uh, Winifred clutching the spell book and its patchwork and covering uh, patchwork front facing him. Mary had his arms around Danny and another around her large knitted sack. Another around a large knitted sack. Interesting. What wonder what she was holding. Looking for this, Winifred demanded, waving her book. Or this, Mary asked, tightening her fingers on ar- around Danny's face. Max looked from Danny to the book and realized that Binks was right. The spell book was dangerous and it must have somehow betrayed them. Even as he thought this, the strange pucker of skin on the cover shivered a little and then opened. Blinking bearingly, it was an eye. In by the looks of it, the thing that had been cut from a person's face. Max shouted with disgust, stumbling away. Winifred raised her free hand and hit him with a bolt of white lightning. Max flew into the air and crashed into his drum set. Cymbals and drums went everywhere as he collapsed. Allison popped the salt open and began to shake it wildly around the room. Salt, said Winifred. Ha, what a clever little white witch. Allison brandished the container at her. But it will not save thy friends, Winifred continued. No, come, sisters. She plucked up her skirt and started up the stairs to the loft. The candle's magic is almost spent. Dawn approaches. Mary followed her, still clutching the struggling Danny. Sarah trailed after them both, looking for Max's phone, a prone body to Allison. She gave the girl a dark look and then stuck her tongue out at her and hurried to her sister's. Sarah went like this. Mm. <laughs> Danny bit down hard on Mary's finger. Let me go, she shouted when the witch had freed her mouth. Put me down. Winifred lurched, launched lightning at the loft's small window and the wall exploded in a shower of sparks and smokes that turned from pink to green to gray. The blast knocked Allison off her feet and sent a cascade of wood boards down the stairs. Allison pushed herself back up and dashed for the stairs to the loft. Danny, she called between coughs, but the witches had flown away and they'd taken both the spell books and Max's little sister. Allison turned back to Max and shoved the same the snare drum off his chest. Are you, Max, are you okay? She helped him sit up. He blinked groggily. Where's Danny? Winifred gave a joyful shout as she led her sisters across the night sky, the three of them soaring high above Salem. When the world below was full of so much more light than she had been alive, including the slender lighthouse north of that emitted, steady, revolting beam. And yet it was familiar and wonderful to have wind whipping through her curls and over the ankles of a smell of the smell of salt frightened the children in her lungs or and frightened children in her lungs. Use thy voice, Sarah, Winifred called over her shoulder. Fill the sky, bring the little breaths to die. Sarah peeled off then, veering down so her words would carry to the prepubescent ears. Even from her height, though, Winifred could hear her sweet strains of Sarah's voice. 
Come little children, I'll take thee away into the land of enchantment. Come little children, the time's come to play here in my garden of magic. Right? Everybody, everybody knows that song, huh? The song filled Winifred's mouth with the taste of her mother's maggot apple pie. Ooh, why do witches have to eat such gross stuff? Because they are. I don't think so. Not according to Heidi Heckle. Not according to the Heck Heck. It was such a treat that she had always asked for it on her birthday, both because she loved sweet fruit and the flaky crust, and because she loved to watch her mother's hands powdered with flour as she crimped the edges and wove the top crust together with a quick practiced finger, pressing the the wormy creatures back into the sugary goo before they could before they could wiggle their way out. Winifred clutched Danny's small body tighter. My mother couldn't outlive forever, she whispered to the little girl's ear, but I'll make sure her rightful daughters do. Danny squirmed and whined like the maggot herself, but Winifred's heart was full and warm and her teeth were ready to crunch the crystals of the sugar of the buttery crust for the roasted knuckled bones of the tow-headed girl, which Mary wanted to prepare first. Max and Allison picked their way into a loft and looked out of over Salem's dark streets. It was nearly six in the morning, but the kids were out in hordes, some of them holding candles and other carrying flashlights, and some empty-handed. A few of them were still in costumes, though the majority were pajamas and nightgowns. Most of them walked as if transfixed. They headed south in a silent, shuffling crowd. They're going to the Sanderson house, what uh, Allison said, watching them scat watching the scattered throng snake up on the road out of sight uh, watching the scattered throng snake okay whatever i don't know this doesn't make sense hey max shouted down to the sleeping sleepwalking children allison grabbed his arms it won't work she said hey he yelled again ignoring her don't listen to them <sighs> but just as the adults at the pumpkin ball nothing seemed to get their attention Allison shook him. Max, he sa- she said. Max, I figured it out. Winifred said that the candle's magic would soon be spent and dawn, and dawn approaches. The black flame candle can only bring them back for this one Halloween night. And unless they steal the lives of the children, then the sun comes up their dust. Yeah, Max said, turning to her. But how can we make sure the sun comes up? They've got Danny and we need a miracle. Allison gave him a hopeless look. She looked back at the road, flickering the warmth of the candle and flashing dots of the eerie scene. I have an idea, she said. Can you drive? The candles in the Sanderson house flickered low. Their yellow, their yellowed wax softened and dripped down the iron holders of the wooden furniture in slow, sick revolts. <clears throat> Can you pick the lock, Jay, and er- Jay asked Ernie. My kid's my kid's at home, said Ernie. He looked across the room at his friend. Jay, he said, I'm scared. Jay was scared too, but he knew he couldn't admit it. He was two months older than Ernie, and he was supposed to look out for him. So instead, he said, I won't let those hags eat you, Ern. They they might eat me, he thought. But if they don't, but if they didn't, he'd be happy. He'd be a better person. No more creeping on girls. No more breaking things that didn't belong to him. No more stealing chips from the gas station. That last had o- that last bit had always made him feel bad. Anyway, his parents ran a small business too, and the groundskeeping service for the historical lighthouse on Win- Winter Island, and knew how how tough it could be to get by. 
the boys groaned in unison, and Winifred and Mary Sanderson returned, this time with Max Dennison's mouthy little sister in tow. Mary spent several minutes try, trying da tying Danny to the chair before turning to the caged boys with a convincing look. Winifred, meanwhile, opened her massive spellbook and got to work with a spark from her fingers. The fire beneath the cauldron leapt back to life. Jay and Ernie protested, and Mary pressed chocolate bars and gummy worms between the bars of the cages. No more candy, Jay said weakly. But we've got to fatten you up, said Mary. We should feast the little girl first, Winifred said almost absently as she looked closer to the simmering potion that she'd been preparing for half an hour. Otherwise, she'll start to spoil. She and Mary and Danny looked up when the, weather, when the weathered front door creaked open. Jay and Ernie looked, though, oh, looked too, though the boys moved sluggishly as if they'd long forgotten to give up, give up hope of getting free. Sarah entered, her purple cloak bellowing dramatically around her narrow body. The children, she said, beaming, they're coming. Winifred clapped. Well done, Sister Sarah. She tugged harder on her rope bindings, but it only seemed to tighten them. Behind her, she heard Binks wiggling in the woolen sack. And, oh, they have Binks, no. Strung from the mantle, he yowled and his claws scratched the thick fabric. Let me out of here, he demanded. If I did, thou would stop the fire, chided Mary. She's only doing you a favor, Sarah agreed, pushing near the sack to give the the light pat where she thought Binks's head might be. And st he struck her on the hand, but only prompted a giggle from her current-colored lips. The burlap caught Binks's front claw and trapped them. As he struggled to rescue his paw, Sarah leaned in closer. Sweet kitty, she cooed. Her nose nearly touched the burlap. You'll make a good roast, she giggled, and then turned away. Oh my gosh, these people can't eat animals. So sad. Winifred finished the trending, the tending to the bubbling cauldron and moved instead, moved instead to her book, which she turned to its narrow, ordinate wooden stand. Soon the lives of all the, thy little friends will be mine, she told Danny. And I shall be young and beautiful again forever. It doesn't matter how young or old you are, Danny spat out. Your soul, you sold your soul. You're the ugliest thing that's ever lived, and you know it. Winifred gave her a long, cold look. You'll die first, she said crisply. She stalked back to the cauldron and bit off a chunk of her own tongue and spit it into the potion while eyeing Danny. The liquid surface erupted with a huge, hungry bubble. Oh, which with huge, hungry bubbles. Uh, multiple bubbles. Behind her, Ernie and Jay groaned. Danny's ears pricked at the crunch of the gravels on the tire on the gravels. It was their parents' big car. She recognized the deep purr of the motor from how many weekends they spent lying awake waiting for their parents to come home from friends' dinner parties. She thought that it, she thought, oh, the thought made her remember those Saturday evenings when, with Max when he'd order a pizza and help her with her homework before starting on his own. Sometimes he'd even give give in when she begged him to watch Rescue Rangers or DuckTales with her instead of practicing drums. Danny glanced at the Sanderson witches, but none of them seemed to hear the sound of Max. Sound. Max was there to save her, she knew, and after he did, she'd never make him watch cartoons with her again unless she thought he secretly wanted to. Winifred gave a delighted yelp, snapping Danny's attention back to the horror, horrors at hand. "'Tis ready,' said the oldest witch, 
the oldest witch said, giving the final potion a stir. Pry her mouth open. Danny, don't drink it, Binks called from his cloth prison. Shut up, you, said Winifred, and she scooped up some of the bubbling liquid and opened her huge uh, in her huge spoon. Yeah. She hurried over to Danny and pinched her jaw. Her little fingers were surprisingly strong, but Danny kept her teeth tightly clenched. Danny, Danny, Binks shouted, unable to see what's happening. Don't drink it, Danny. Mary went over to help her sisters. She forced the thumb between Danny's lip and sprang it, then sprang back. Ow, she shouted. She bit me. Danny brought her foot hard so down on Sarah's toes, though both of the sisters were incapitated. Winifred still advanced with her spoon. The door flew open, crashing to the wall. Prepare to die, Max shouted again. Hollywood, Jay said, jutting his chin at the cage's padlock. Winifred turned to Max. You, she said, splashing her potion in the process it sizzled against the four floorboards you have no power here you fool she refocused her attention on danny meanwhile sarah had regained her footing and tried once more to open danny's mouth danny shook her head hard and squirmed trying to protect her face from the witch's sharp nails winifred pressed the spoon against her mouth putting it close to the girl's nose as she could only hope that the putrid smell would force her to gasp or breathe through her mouth, swallowing a, the little potent liquid in the process. Maybe not, Max said to Winifred. But there's a power greater than your magic, and that's knowledge. And there's one thing that you don't know. Winifred, frustrated, pulled the spoon away from Danny's and whirled back. And what is that, dude? Her sisters, sh- her sisters chortled like ravens. Daylight savings time, he said. My parrot... Mary parroted the strange phrase, mocking his accent. Sarah snorted. The orange light of the sunrise pierced the eastern windows of the house, shining warm and rosy, and sure that the glass, the twitches, sure, sure through the glass, the twitches shrank back. Max, get me out of here, Danny said desperately. At once, the Sanderson sisters collapsed on the floor, writhing in pain. It hurts, Sarah shrieked. My Max ran over and cut Danny's ties with his dad's pocket knife. Once freed, Danny jumped up and ran to the fireplace to save Binks. Hey, Jay cried, let me out of here, help. Max unhooked the bag of Binks and handed it to Danny. Get outside, he said with a push to her shoulder. The witches continued to whimper on foot. Winifred pulled her cloak over her face, and her hands protected her skin. Hey, Hollywood, Ernie said. Max strode over and examined the bully, whose legs were dangling out of the cage. Help us out of here, Ernie asked. Max pulled the stolen shoes off of Ernie's feet. Tubular, he said, holding holding the Nikes up in salute. On his way out the door, he pushed over the cauldron, spilling the soul-sucking potion all over the floor. It bubbled and smoked and spilled through the spaces between the floorboards. Winifred waited. Let me out of here, man, Jay pleaded. Come on, Danny, Max said, taking Binks from her, struggling in the sack. Let's go. As they stepped out of the house, Danny stopped. Max, I want to see her turn to dust. Just then, she spotted her mom's gray SUV. Allison was standing next to it, gesturing desperately the head to, at the headlights, which were covered in a colored film, which turned their lights orange. Danny, pump it, Danny yelled, running for the car. Max followed her, ripping the cellophane from the headlights as he passed them. He jumped into the driver's seat and pushed Binks into Allison's arms and revved the engine. 
The dawn thinned and vanished, and the roar and the rumble. It is time, child, to get ready for thine school. Right? Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm just, no, I'm, I wasn't saying oh my gosh to anything like that. I was just looking. Almost done. Oh my gosh, this page is done. I want to see the page. This? Oh, you want to see the next one? Okay. All right. Well, we're going to get ready and Payne's going to sneak a peek at the next chapter page. Bye.